0: All right, this week on the podcast, talking about the new Giving USA report that just came out, we're going to cover some of the numbers and what it all means. This is Using the Whole Whale, a podcast that brings you stories of data and technology in the nonprofit world. My name is George Weiner, your host and the chief whaler of WholeWhale.com. Thanks for joining us. we've got a short more i'd say like hot hot news take here uh, coming out and we've got our own Megan Anhalt our COO, cso <laughs> how's it going
1: good how I are have, you
0: i've dragged her in to give us some thoughts and make uh, a little bit of sense of what's going on the giving usa report annually comes out and then every paper goes nuts about did we make all the money did we lose all the money so here are the top line numbers giving usa uh, coming out of chicago uh, reported that uh, between all in, across the U.S., $427.7 billion uh, was given to U.S. charities in 2018. And the reason why this may be blowing up everyone's news feed uh, is that this represents only a 0.7% uh, in current dollars uh, over the record-breaking 2017 Uh, $424.7 billion. I know a lot of numbers at you, but it only uh, after uh, factoring in inflation means that it is a decline of 1.7%, which, you know, the top line numbers, reports you're seeing is like, oh my gosh, overall giving declines. Like uh, based on adjusted inflation, yes. However, just keep in mind, there was a 0.7 measured increase. One of the reasons uh, that this is also a concern is that the overall U.S. GDP actually increased 2.9%. And in history and in general, giving trends in the U.S. tend to hover around that about 2% of overall GDP in, in that amount. So all in all, you're like, wait a minute, why isn't it tracking? And, you know, TLDR, every single article, the general culprit of the tax changes, right? The tax deduction changed from about 6 k to 12 k and that's the overall... Uh, headline right like they changed the rules and a bunch of people were like oh wait a minute I can no longer give to charity because I'm just playing off the narrative no longer give to charity because of the the total deduction uh increasing uh so that fewer people are itemizing their taxes meaning that you know that hundred dollars I sent to you know team so and so uh simply won't come off of my my taxes uh and that's that's the main culprit and what people are pointing toward
1: yeah, I mean, I think that definitely makes sense for um, high-dollar donors. Uh, I'm not sure, you know, your average donor at the smaller level is necessarily saying, "Oh, I can't, you know, write off this twenty or thirty-dollar donation that I made on Facebook this year," and so I'm not going to make it. Uh, but I think, uh, you know, as we look at some of, you know, the the bigger donors, uh, I think obviously that is a factor uh, in in giving. Uh, but it's interesting to see those sort of trend lines because I don't think it's affecting your smaller donor
0: the tax argument is one of many and it's easy to, to point that finger and there are organizations saying hey you know this is you know causing damage and frankly these are these are corollary arguments uh, other arguments out there that I certainly see uh, is that in you know December if we roll back the hot tub time machine in December 2018 uh, there was a lot of volatility in the market. Potentially indicating recession, people were concerned, and guess what? That is exactly the worst time of year to have that type of panic because people are not generous in those moments. They're more likely to save and more likely to to hold back on on their donations. So I think we have a number of issues all working in concert here to to drive down uh, some of those numbers. And you know, I think uh, another factor. Uh, is that it wasn't evenly spread. Um, there were certain industries that, you know, frankly, took a bigger hit. And I, I think the Washington Post had a great breakdown uh, on this, but the biggest one uh, was actually the United Way. Uh, United Way, considered a public society benefit organization, dropped 6%. Uh, another big, um, a big one that took a hit were religious organizations dropping 3.9%, which uh, I think is interesting. I, I don't know. What are your thoughts on that, Megan?
1: Yeah, I I particularly find it interesting with the United Way drop and it being so significant. Uh, I think that might also sort of be a commentary on relevance to the modern donor. Uh, And the way that sort of donors, particularly younger millennial donors, are more discerning uh, in sort of the causes that they do give a financial contribution to and how they're sort of uh, where they're putting their dollars. And I think, you know, trends across millennial giving in general have shown uh, that millennials tend to really, you know, pick out the organizations that are speaking directly to them, um, that they feel like they are seeing the true impact of, and oftentimes maybe getting some kind of incentive back, maybe there's a cultural cachet, or or it's very timely, and they feel like they're having an immediate impact on something that they really care about. And so I think with something like United Way, which is more of a cultural institution um, that has been around for a really long time, but doesn't necessarily have uh, that clear value proposition to the individual. Um, It's interesting that they would see a dip, uh, whereas something like um, animal uh, organizations, you know, seeing actually an increase uh, with 1.2 percent, which, you know, as we often see, particularly with young people, it's a cause that they are very passionate about. Another one that was high as well uh, at 1.2 percent was in the environment. Uh, And so uh, that's something I think that young people feel very imminently. Um, It's a cause that they know will affect their future uh, and that they probably feel like older generations have sort of written off. Uh, And so it's interesting to see um, that those increases there. Um, I think I saw the international organizations also surged um, by 7 percent. And I wonder what might be driving that. Do you have thoughts on that, George?
0: The shift in macro terms, between an older and younger generation, uh, a more news-savvy group, uh, millennials, you know, taking up around half of our uh, general population, becoming this new wave of donors. We've heard tons of, you know, the millennial donor, trying to understand them a bit more, but, you know, this is the, the actual realization of what happens when a younger generation that's more globally connected and globally minded are in charge of the purse strings, so to speak. So, you know, shifting there, I think, Also, it's easy in a given year to say, okay, uh, how many disasters happened? How many calls to action were there with regard to that? So the timeliness
1: Um, that I was just mentioning as well, obviously, if there is a specific call to action that needs an urgent need.
0: Yeah, but the United Way is a real drop. Religious institutions is a real drop, and I think that is directly corollary to an aging population versus a, a rising generation and, and what and how they care about causes. So aside from uh, tearing our hair out, Megan, how you know how do we go back to our <laughs> strategy, our like, all right, how do we reach the millennial donor, but in a, in a practical way? Time to feed the whales with a quick word from our sponsor, Whole Whale. Lighthouse by Whole Whale is a brand new Google Analytics add-on that lets you see what each of your email subscribers are doing on your website. Lighthouse links your email CRM with Google Analytics to connect the dots in your data. Give your supporters what they need by getting to know exactly what they're looking for. This easy and affordable tool shines light on what content, what pages, what paths, and what clicks they may have explored in the past two years. Learn more at getlighthouse.io. That's getlighthouse.io. And now back to our show.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think what's interesting. um, I was looking at this article that was sort of talking about millennial trends uh, in giving, and also that millennials, I think, are associated with being kind of hard to reach uh, and kind of all over the place, uh, and that they give to many different causes, um, and they can be kind of finicky in that way. Um, What's also interesting is just millennials are aging, (laughs) so they're currently make up a third of the workforce. By twenty twenty, they'll be half of all workers in the United States, Uh, and I think as with age comes a little bit better predictability uh, and you kind of get more set in your ways uh, and the things that you do care about. So not to say that you know all millennials are just going to kind of settle down to one or two causes, uh, but I do think we're already seeing some trends in sort of that predictability. And so as we think about ways in which to be able to engage uh, those younger generations, it's all, at the end of the day it's all about commitment uh, and building a longer term relationship uh, with that audience over time. I saw an interesting stat that said that you know, eighty-four percent of millennials do give to charity, um, while boomers uh, and even Xers might be more generous, and that they give overall more money. Um, millennials are starting to catch up to them. But the interesting stuff that I saw was that seventy percent of millennials donate time, uh, greater than one hour, to an organization. And so, as we think about ways in which to sort of build uh, that capacity for the lo- a long-term donor with an organization. Being able to really think about how you engage those donors for for the long haul. We like to talk about it in terms of a commitment curve. Uh, thinking about obviously, you know, moving people from being aware of your organization, interested, maybe engaged, um, watching your videos. Uh, going to your website, you know, those looking at your resources, those types of things. But as you move people into actually asking them to do something and have a call to action, uh, you know, donation tends to be a higher call to action, a higher barrier requiring greater sort of commitment or connection to the organization. So thinking of ways you can be able to build in that time, whether it's having people spend time, um, if you work with a particular constituency group, having them write letters or Uh, be able to share in those experiences or have an opportunity to actually volunteer and get to meet people uh, from your community, those things can really go a long way in building that sort of commitment and relationship over time that can make uh, those young people more likely to donate.
0: One of the things that actually kind of frustrates me about the hand-wringing about the tax code changes is that even before this, only like 15% of folks, you know, 45 million thereabout taxpayers in 2016 itemized their deductions. Everyone else didn't, yet, you know, people still donated. To think that people are donating for the tax deduction is to miss the whole value proposition of why that exchange is happening. Mm -hmm. That is not the first thing I think about when I'm giving to a cancer organization. I'm thinking of my friend who has suffered and asked that this money goes toward this cause. I'm not sitting there Mm -hmm. being like, Oh, can, can I write off this $20? <laughs> gotcha, U.S. government. It's just not the way <laughs> it works. And and to get wrapped up in that story and that narrative only perpetuates it. And so one thing I would say as you're messaging is to, like, bury that text. By the way, this is a tax-deductible, don't it? Like, that's not a sell. That's no. not, like, the, you know, that, that's as if, think about the next big purchase you make. You're about to roll into the restaurant uh, and then, you know, they're going to say, well, this meal costs, uh, you know, $130, but guess what? Think about all the credit card points you get. Like, I'm not buying dinner for the credit card points. <laughs> like, that's the same. Like, think how wild that is. But that's the same argument you make when you do that. So come back to what Megan's talking about, because, by the way, I don't know a lot of people that are itemizing their volunteer hours and saying, let's deduct that.
1: Right. Mm-hmm.
0: They're spending their time and they're spending their money because they care about the organization. Reinforce that.
1: Yeah, and always um, going back, like just remember to thank people for the time and the energy that they do put in and be able to show and be able to tell that story of the impact that they're making. A lot of the research shows that just being able to go back and prove the value of um, what the time and money uh, that donors are putting in uh, can really go a long way in building recurring donor relationships.
0: So in summary, don't buy into this overall narrative that the sky is falling and people have stopped giving. Uh, It's holding about steady, a little bit of decline based on inflation, but talk to your doctor, results may vary. It's industry by industry, and guess what? We're seeing more corollary trends with the way half of the working population is giving rather than uh, whatever tax code changes are afoot. Yeah. Resources, as always, can be found at whale.com slash podcast. Thank you. Thanks. This has been Using the Whole Whale. For more resources on today's show, please visit Whale.com slash podcast and consider following us on Twitter at Whole Whale. And thanks for joining us.